Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're speaking with Troy Korsgaden. Troy is a highly sought-after insurance and financial services consultant. He's also a speaker, author, and founder of Korsgaden International. Lean in as Troy talks about leadership in the marketplace and pours out a wealth of knowledge and experience with us. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Avail podcast. We love this. We love to sit down with amazing leaders who are impacting our community, our nation, globally. And today is no exception. Uh, By the way, my name is Virgil Sierra. I'm the host of the Avail podcast, where we talk leadership. We talk the art of leadership. uh, And everybody who connects whether it's audio podcasts or YouTube videos. We love the fact that we're a big family talking about leadership, learning about leadership. Today, we have the blessing, the honor, the privilege of connecting with an amazing leader. And uh, a lot of you, a lot of you are going to get to know him today and you're going to want to lean in. We're talking about Troy Korsgaden, who is an accomplished and nationally recognized insurance and financial services consultant, author, and speaker. He's got a passion in his heart for God. He's got a passion for leadership and excellence. He is the founder of Korsgaden International an organization dedicated to helping companies grow and strengthen their distribution and customer service. Hey, whether you're in ministry or marketplace leadership today, you're going to want to lean in. Troy, it is so good to connect with you here on the Avail podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling awesome. I got to tell you, Virgil, I'm going to play that over and over, man. You know how to make me feel good. I love it. Troy, I think a lot of the the Avail podcast listeners and viewers are going to really enjoy this conversation. I think you have a lot of, uh, I know you have a lot of uh, uh, experience and insights in everything that has to do with leadership, business, and and, and all of that pours into ministry and, and influence in life. And so I'm really excited about this. Troy, why don't we start off with you sharing a little bit about yourself so all of our uh, Avail people can, can uh, know a little bit more about who you are, where you are, and what you do. Well, I'm, I'm coming from uh, Visalia, California, which is in the Central Valley of uh, California. I'm between San Francisco and L.A., and I'm between uh, Yosemite and uh, Morro Bay. So I'm okay. right dead center in Visalia. That's uh, the San Joaquin Valley. That's where all the food comes from in California. <laughs> That's great. That's great. And Troy, um, um, what do you do? How did you get there? What was your journey to get there? You bet. Well, it's a long story, so I'll have to shorten it up. I got into the insurance and financial services industry in 1983, and uh, I started out as a practitioner. I owned my own agency. Several years later, I joined forces with my sister, Sharon Jansma, and we created one of the largest farmers insurance agencies in North America, and Mm -hmm. uh, just really proud of the accomplishments we did together as a team. That's so good. Um, I think that um, I really like it. I think I think in in your kind of in your industry, uh, you're kind of the first guest we've had on the Veil podcast. So I, I really want to, um, I guess, I want to poke and prod a little bit as we have this as we start this conversation. Sure. You know, you've been working in the insurance and financial sector for over thirty years. Yeah. What got you started there? Like, what what caused you to say that's what I, that's where I want to go? That's what I want to do. 
Well, it was a lot of blessings, to be honest with you. Some people mm. call it luck. I call it blessings. Uh, I was looking for a place like a lot of people that get into insurance. Uh-huh. You're looking for a career, and insurance is a great place to park yourself, or so I thought, while I was looking for something else. And it just turned out that I love the business. This guy right here, his name was Jay. And uh, Jay was a manager with Farmers Insurance. I was looking for a place. I'm young. I'm dumb. And I just needed a place. And it turned out he was a great mentor, a great leader. Jay recruited me into the business. Hmm. And I got to tell you, I never, ever had a losing season uh, ever since I got in. I just, I love it. I wake up in the morning. It didn't always go perfect. Uh, But I was able to not only grow one of the largest practices with the company, uh, but I also created a consulting business that grew over the last 25 years. And that's what I do today. I consult leaders uh, in the insurance and financial services industry and also outside because a lot of the principles, the fundamentals are the same, whether you own an appliance store, whether you own a large real estate uh, business, or whether you have a 20 or $50 billion insurance company. So it's just, it's the same principles. We just apply them. I, I focus on the insurance and financial services sector. That's good. I, I want to go in, go into that a little bit uh, yeah. about when you, when you formed course, got an international, but before that, you mentioned something that just caught my attention right now. Sure. Um, and it was a mentor, somebody who's, who maybe saw something in you or maybe just was recruiting and, and you were there. Talk to me about that. Isn't that, isn't that just interesting in life? How sometimes God just places people that see something in us or call us out. Well, I, I got to tell you, and, and uh, one of my friends calls it the God nudge. Uh, that happened to me even before I was thinking about it. Now I think wow. about it. I intentionally think about the God nudge because I think it's so important. I don't understand it, uh, but I don't discount it and I embrace it. I try to bring it in. So Jay uh, was a friend. Uh, I had a friend and his father, Jay Green, was the district manager at Farmers. And he did turn out not just to be a manager. He turned out to be a mentor. And the reason he was the greatest mentor that I had in business, because I've had several mentors throughout my life, even today, I'm almost 60 years old and I still have mentors. Yeah. But he was the best in business. And here's why. He recruited me and I said I was young and dumb. I wasn't even 21 at the time. I turned 21 when he hired me and he put up with a lot because when you're 20, 21 years old, all the way up to 30, life changes, right? And through all those twists and turns, he never judged me. He he was firm with me when he needed to be. He always showed me the future. But here's the big key. He let me go when I got bigger than him. I wouldn't be here today without his encouragement. He, he didn't hold me back. And a lot of leaders do that, not intentionally, but they, they don't want you to be better than them. And he did. And he, he celebrated my success all the way up to the day he passed, God rest his soul. And I still feel I get a little shiver today because I can still feel him there uh, and, and cheering me on through the good and the bad, because life isn't always a bed of roses, not all unicorns, you know. And rainbows. <laughs> You're right about that. And, you know, I, I love I love that that nugget there, because the truth is uh, we're all better when we have mentors in our lives. And uh, and I would imagine we won't we won't delve into it now, but I would imagine that you've had the opportunity to speak into a lot of young leaders as well. 
Oh, on a daily basis uh, here in the States and around the globe. I'm, I'm really blessed. I'm fortunate. I, I'll tell you, Virgil, you and I would not be talking today if it weren't for a series of blessings and God net. Wow. I'm just going to tie it together for you really quickly. Mm-hmm. I met my minister uh, here in Visalia, uh, Pastor Mike Robertson, who introduced me and my family to Dr. Chan. Mm. And uh, Dr. Chan became a mentor, not only in business, but in our personal lives. And all of these family friends uh, led to another person, you know, Martine. Uh, and and man, I'm in a little town in Visalia. Uh, Sam's, uh, you know, from Georgia. Mike came from Dallas. You're from Florida. You know, all <laughs> of this, the world is a really small place. And again, I don't understand why. But I welcome it, and I welcome this conversation. It's exciting for me to get to know you better and your audience better. Yeah, so that's so cool. I, I love that. It, it is unbelievable how, um, because of technology and, and the season of, of history that we're living in, the world has become smaller. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so so let's talk a little bit about um, the the formation of Course God and International. How has that evolved throughout the years? You know, when was that exactly? So again, luck, I'm going to go real quick because again, it's mm-hmm. a long story, but I had, I had doubled the size of my practice, my personal practice, hmm. and I got the attention of my company and they were like, how do you do that? Everybody else is stagnant and you've doubled the size in less than 18 months. What took me seven years, I wow. doubled it in 18 months. So that got a lot of attention. And then it also got attention, again, just a blessing for me, uh, other companies, Uh, Mm. saw what I was doing. And I was traveling around giving speeches. I'm a public speaker. And I was motivating people, getting them to do things differently, to see their business differently and and start really uh, planning and working on their business model, not just working in the business. Mm -hmm. And that motivated other companies to go, hey, we need this guy to come speak. And so I would speak to them, to national groups, And uh, I wrote a book called Power Position Your Agency, which since has sold over 200,000 copies. Wow. uh, Which is a feat because today everybody writes a book, right? You stub your Mm -hmm. toe. You go, I'm going to write a book about that, right? But back then, nobody had a book on how to be an insurance practitioner. Wow. I had a unique opportunity to touch a lot of people. And again, my company allowed me to do it. Many companies go, no, you're ours and we're not going to allow you to do that. Uh, my company said, yeah, go ahead and do the industry stuff. Just don't mention our private proprietary stuff. And I didn't. And so that grew into a huge practice where I wow. touched just about any insurance or financial services company you can think about in a small way. And, and some are really big. We, we have monster deals. And again, we're global now, not just in the States. Most of our business is in the States, but everybody's in the same ball game, Virgil. Everybody. Yeah. It's just that some of us are in a different inning. And so once you realize that, it's okay <laughs> to take a seventh inning stretch, but you got to stay in the game. Yeah. And, and again, it applies not just to my sector, but to the other listeners that are out there that own small shops, midsize shops, or big shops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fundamentals are the same. Yeah, that's good. Um, I would imagine on your journey, you have learned so much, even through the books you've written, you've probably kind of poured out a lot of that. Here's a question. What do you think is something that you you wish 
more insurance reps or you know people that are working in the financial services area sector, what do you wish they knew about what they do and how they do it? So I, I love that question. I mean, this could be the whole talk right here. I've written seven books on all the great things that I've done, that my team has done with me. And I could have written 21 on all the stupid things I've done. Literally, <laughs> I could have written a whole, just whole shelf full of those. I, I got to tell you, it really boils down to one thing. If you're listening to me and you own a business or you lead people in a church or you lead people in your business, it doesn't matter whether you own it. Put the customer first. Put the person mm. that you're talking to first. Don't worry about the commission. Don't worry about the problem from that conversation. Put the customer first in everything you do, and the money will come. It just does. It magically, it just, you know, it's a blessing from God. But do your job, which is to put the customer first. That's the first thing I'd want them to know. And the next thing is, and I have it written on my board, aim higher. If Troy could go back and talk to himself in 1983 when I signed my contract the <laughs> business, I'd say, dude, aim higher. Whatever That's you're good. aiming for, man, it ain't enough. Because I got to tell you, I've done some great things. I mean, I would sound like a braggart if I told you everything I've done. Mm -hmm. But there was so much more I could have done. I don't, I don't have any regrets. I just would aim higher and don't be afraid, man. I mean, you know. You're, you're going to fall forward. If you fall backwards, man, you've got God to be there. God will take care of everything else. You know, don't be afraid. Fear not. And uh, so I take that to heart today. And that's what I share with people today. Don't be afraid. You know, I think I want to I want to push in here, press in a little bit here. Um, I think it's true. I think. Um, Okay. You, you know what? Let's talk first customer first, right? Yeah. And even for, I'm a pastor and a lot of ministry leaders here, business leaders, you know, um, um, can you just give an example, give an example of something that you just caught on and said, okay, we're going to put the customer first by doing this, by practicing this. Can you give an example? So just because you have a great product, I'll come to the church portion of it in a minute. Yeah. I've got an opinion on that and that, you know, it may resonate and it may not. But from a customer standpoint, they don't want to be sold. They don't want to be told. They want somebody to hold their hand through the maze of madness. Hey, man, there's a tsunami of change happening all around us. It was happening before COVID. It'll mm. continue to happen. We're living in an information and content age. And people don't want to go to the Internet because everything on the Internet is trying to sell them something. Look at me. Right. Look, at me look at me. Your job as a business owner, whatever business you're in, is to disseminate that information and give them the information they desire and have every right to expect. And then at the end, you just say to them, most people in your position wanna buy the product I have that solves this solution, a refrigerator, a washer and dryer, a sewing mm -hmm. machine, uh, a car you may be selling, a home you may be selling. You may be in the medical business and you provide medical devices, but not every one of your devices is right for them. Right. Not every car is right for them. When you put the customer first, they know they can feel it. And, and you just you've got to have that at the core of everything you do. You're not interested in making a sale. You're interested in, in solving their issues. That That's they good. 
that's good. Not interested in making a sale, interested in solving a problem, not interested in getting anything from you, church, you know, ministry. We want everything for you. Hey, we can help. Um, but I, but I, I love Virgil. I want to I want to interject here on the church uh-huh. because I got an opinion, right? Yes. Uh, I go to a church where there's over three thousand work uh, weekly attenders, right? Hmm. I think one of the reasons is we welcome all people. Mm-hmm. We follow up with them. Now, I, if you're listening to me, and and even if you're not in in the church, follow up, follow up, follow up, but not follow up to sale. Okay, follow up to invite them back. Follow mm. up, to get them involved in a course. Follow up to get them and their family involved in activities. It's all about follow up, but not join the church the first time they talk to you. You know, you're a welcoming place. Your business is a welcoming. I want you to come in and I'm going to be your discussion partner. I'm not always going to try to sell you something. Yeah, yeah. I think people have, I think people appreciate it. And like you said, People pick up on it. It's it's not something that's hard uh, to discern. Um, that's why we feel uh, certain ways when we walk certain places, you know, or when we go to certain places. I, I love this. And you and then you mentioned aim higher. I think this is a good word, uh, try, especially for I think for everyone, but especially young leaders, um, because so many times we are we feel limited um, or constrained by our limitations. Uh, we don't want to feel you know you know we don't want to feel like oh you're just a dreamer. You know, aim higher. Can you give an example? Can you speak to that a little bit in your journey? Yeah. So if if I'm going to relate it to my business and then your mm-hmm. listeners can relate it to what they do in their, yeah. their daily work life and their personal life. If you see enough people under the right conditions, you will win. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if we take a model like a casino as an example, a mm-hmm. casino doesn't worry about a big whale coming in with lots of money. They worry about lots of people coming in to have fun. If they do, the casino is going to win every time. It's a number mm-hmm. game. So I use this example because we see this in, in the secular world. Let's apply it into our world. If I'm seeing three people a day and I'm getting one sale, then I need to see 10 still be relaxed, still have the same business model. <clears throat> what changed was how many people I see. And, and notice how I said under the right conditions. Mm. That means that your customer knows what they're coming in for. Mm-hmm. They know that they, they they don't need to be like this. They're going to be like yeah. this because you're not threatening. Mm-hmm. So you just need to see more. So I tell the young person, look, this is going to seem daunting, overwhelming. Call it whatever you want. But in my world, I see 10 people a day, every day, minimum, under the right mm. conditions. How do you do that? Well, it's a skill. You, you work on it. And it's easy to do. But as the philosopher says, it's easy not to do. It's easy to go through the day and not know what happened to it. And you're never going to get that day back. But the philosopher says, get from the day. Plan mm. it out. Know what you're going to say, how you going to say it. But again, Virgil, to your point, what is that? It's it's a numbers game. You got to see more people, but still have the same, you know, foundational morals and 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 systems and processes in your business to properly work with those folks. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I as a pastor uh, uh, and leading this organization, I always think I, I I feel like I scare some of my people and my team when I when I talk about like the vision that God has placed in my heart for our church, you know. And I think to a certain degree, I think that's a good thing because 
we have a big God who can help us accomplish and do way more than we could ever think uh, or imagine. And, uh, and I think leaders need to hear that, you know, you know, I think there is an aspect of, of, Hey, we can't be unrealistic, unrealistic in the sense of, you know, you know, we got to keep our feet on the floor tonight, but we also got to think big and think there's possibilities. There's, there's potential out there, you know? And, and so I think that your advice is good customer first and aim higher. I love it. It applies everywhere. All right. So uh, Troy, you, you wrote this book, discussion partner. Yes. Uh, it outlines a lot of strategies that you've learned over the course of your career. Mm-hmm. Where can people find discussion partner and then, and then why should they get it? Yeah. So discussion partner can be found on coursgotten.com K O R S G A D E N.com. That's the book right there or on Amazon as a one-off. So if you're just wanting to get one copy, then, then I would say, you know, definitely uh, go to Amazon. I, on my website, we we literally have a library of things. Some of them mm. are free. You know, you want to download it, and it's free. Uh, wow. You want the physical books, and then we have ways to get those too. And we have uh, workbook programs, all kinds of things uh, that are on that website. That's great. So that's coursegarden.com, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Why why would somebody want discussion partner? So the model has changed. The business model. The old model will no longer work. In the old mm-hmm. days of business, you said, here's your coverage, here's your price, do you want it? Here's a product, here's your price, do you want it? In my world, it's all about coverage, protecting people, and then building their assets. So with that being said, people don't want transactional selling all the time. Some people do. That's why we have mm-hmm. digital. That's why we have all kinds of new technology. We're living in an omni-channel world. So where do you fit in? That's where Discussion Partner comes in. Mm. I explained how there's just so much information on the Internet. People just get overwhelmed and they don't want to be sold every time uh, they go look for information. And so we're able to, as Discussion Partners, sit down with people and we've, we've elevated what we do to a whole new level. You can do that in whatever business you're in. People buy product from people they know and trust. Right. People they know and trust are considered friends that not immediately, but over a period of time. And so with that being said, if they're your friend, you, you don't want to be Ned Ryerson. You remember Ned Ryerson, Virgil? He was on yeah, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. You know why Ned Ryerson was so funny in Groundhog Day? Because there's an element of truth to it. The best humor and, I, and I'm humorous. That's why I speak a lot. <laughs> Humor has to have some truth in it. So they wove in what people perceive an insurance salesman to be. And you don't want to be that person. You want to be mm-hmm. the person where people go. And I, and I love this. A great leader is somebody who walks into a room and the whole room starts to gravitate towards them. Everybody mm-hmm. starts looking at them. Everybody starts moving towards them. And this, this takes a while to happen, but you can do this. You can wow. be that person that everybody wants to be around, that everybody wants to talk to, that everybody wants advice from. They don't want advice from a salesperson, Virgil. They want it from a discussion partner. This is good stuff. I'm taking – I don't know if you notice here. If you see me looking down, I'm taking notes. Uh, <laughs> I've learned uh, I'm learning with you. I love this, Troy. I think it's so true. What you just said right now, what you just said right now, um, when a great leader walks into a room, 
and it's not like he or she needs to be wanting it or looking for it. it just it just happens right it, it's it's that it commands attention um can we speak to that a little bit just just ha, ha, Time, you mentioned time, right? Time, because I think, you know, people, if they see over time, you've had a certain level of success or you've been able to, you know, break certain barriers, you know, lead well. Um, why is this important to, to, to have this kind of um, leadership influence or reputation? So let me start by telling you one of my faults. And that is that I'm a fairly shallow person. And, and I know this because I, I, I really immensely studied myself hmm. a little after I was 50 years old. I took some time to figure out what my pros, my cons, the things I did right and things I did wrong. I have a low amount of humility, just being honest. And that makes me a shallow person. Now, most people that know me would go, oh, no, 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 you're you're great. Uh, you're, you're giving, you're kind, you're all these things. I said, well, if, if you really know me, I was, I was very surface, was, because mm -hmm. now I'm more intentional about what I, I do. Mm -hmm. that, that is, I, I want to deepen my relationship with you every time we connect. I want to meet Virgil where he mm -hmm. wants to connect. It might be on Zoom. It might be on Messenger. It might be on WhatsApp. But I need to connect with you where you want to connect, mm -hmm. not where I want to connect. Then when I meet with you, Virgil, you, you took the time to find out that that I have a family. I have a wife and three kids. Two of them are older and one is 13. And I need to know that about you. And, and I didn't take the time when I was real young to really deeply mm. and intentionally do that. So now I do. And I use technology to help me because I'm getting older and I got to be right. <laughs> and so my kids, Michael, Emily, and Lauren, my wife, Jeanette, I, I got to put that in the database because I'm not going to remember it every time. Because hmm. I know thousands of people. If you're a church leader, you know thousands of people. My yeah. sister and I had thousands of customers, thousands. She's still a practicing uh, advisor and has thousands of relationships. I have thousands of relationships. So wow. be intentional about really yeah. getting to know people because people buy from people they know and trust, and they know if you care. And if you really want to know how people care, they remember your family. They remember that maybe mom or dad died last year. They remember these things that to them are monumental, and you want to deepen your relationship by connecting with them where they want to connect, when they want to connect, and then how they want to connect. This is really good. We could drop the mic right there. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> you know, you know, Troy, as you're as you're sharing that, one of the thoughts that comes to my mind, and 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 sometimes it's counterintuitive, but um, a lot of what you're sharing, it's not. These are not complex. <laughs> these are not. Um, you know, break rack your brain to try to understand. These are concepts that are fairly fairly simple but it's but when someone like yourself who has experienced this and been leading for 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 such a long time effectively it it carries a lot of weight when when somebody like you shares this with us so i value this you know I, i'm hearing i'm hearing that that you know this aspect of being a great leader one of, one of the differentiating factors is when you're thoughtful when you're when you add value when you invest intentional time 
in learning about the other person and helping the people, you know, and thinking of them and not just yourself, which, which again is counterintuitive because sometimes I think I want to be the best leader. What do I got to do for me? Cause I can me and me and me and I, and, uh, you can lose kind of that, that heart. That's, that's, that's so good. So, so I'm assuming that this book, this is one of your newer books, right? Discussion partner. It's not my newest. It's in its seventh printing. We're going to go into our eighth. I released it at the beginning oh, of wow. 2020. The other one, Inflection Point, I released this year, um, uh, end of last year, and it's in its third printing. Uh, the reason I focus on Discussion Partner, I'm always ahead of the industry by at least a year and sometimes two or three. Hmm. When I released this book originally, Discussion Partner, the industry goes, oh, no. That's that's too far. That's too too out of the box. But they caught up six months later. And so that's why I worked with Four Rivers and uh, my publisher Mm -hmm. to create a uh, workbook and a video series that goes along with it. And now it's taking off. Uh, But it's, again, focused on the insurance and financial services world. But I'm promoting this one more only because everybody can relate to it. It just, it's, it's one of those where you don't have to be an insurance. You go, I can do this. That's good. That's good. Before we, before I jump a little bit crossover to inflection point, let, can we talk about the discussion partner accelerator course? Yeah. Um, obviously I think that's what you're alluding to right now. You yeah. know, why, why would you recommend this? How would uh, some leaders benefit from this course? So uh, I, and, and, and again, I want to open up and be honest with everybody. My, my life is storybook. I mean, it's, it's the kind of stuff where when they introduce me live, I just go, man, how, how did I get this blessed? Okay. Yeah. But it came with a lot of heartaches too. And I, along with everybody, when, when the lockdown came, I was mm. making 70% of my income speaking. Because uh, I, I, I'm a motivator. I have a lot of great, solid content that mm-hmm. I delivered. And so I realized right in the middle of the lockdown, hey, man, I'm, I'm out of business, you know, because I can't, I travel 100 to 150 days a year and now can't do. Right. And so uh, I had started working on the workbook. And uh, so a, a few, say three or four months into it, I flew out and I filmed everything and, and it just could not have turned out better. The accelerator course is eight weeks. Uh, some people do it today. We, we've got trainers that I all, also do study groups along with the self-study. And some of them do it in four weeks. Some of them do it in eight. Some of them just ram right through it because it's fundamentals. Uh, but it's designed as a work by yourself if you want to or get involved. Mm-hmm. And now the industry is supporting me. And they're creating what we call proprietary study groups. So they want only their agents in the group. But Mm. they have an ongoing, starting in September, an industry open group. Anybody can join that has a workbook. And it's uh, led by one of my people, Tina Paulus Krauss. And uh, it's it's, it's awesome. We we tested it. And now we're releasing it to the world. So your timing and interviewing me was great. Thank you. That's awesome. So that's the Discussion Partner Accelerator course. I'm assuming that at coursegotten.com, people can get more information on that. Yeah, I'm real big on not trying to sell stuff. I appreciate you promoting me uh, because, you know, it, it, it is word of mouth. That's how we all got into the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're super proud of it. That's why we put a money back guarantee on everything we do, even my speaking. I tell them, you can not bill me if you didn't think I hit the mark. <laughs> 30 years of speaking, I've never had anybody ask for their money back. 
And on my course, I've never had anybody ask for their money back. So uh, that's a good that's a good track record there, Troy. Um, uh, let's transition a little bit into the other book, which uh, more recent book. I'm sorry, uh, Inflection Point. Yeah. Um, can you explain a little bit about the heart behind the purpose of this book? Yeah, let me get right to the point on that. It uh, we we were going through the tsunami of change. We all know it. Uh, mm -hmm. We're living in this information world. But here's really, we've hit the inflection point because the customer is in control now. They own the keys to the kingdom. They decide when they want to buy, what they want to buy, how they want to buy. Mm. They have zero tolerance when somebody doesn't know the answer or can't mm. get it because you don't need to know it right now, but you got to be able to get it. And the customer is in control. And it used to be we'd say, get ready, get ready, get ready. And inflection point was really a conditioning, a prepping for uh, inflection point, but man, I'm telling you right now, it, it it's done. Adapt or die. And mm. and if you're in business and you're listening to me. I don't care what sector you're in. Uh, your customer has a new set of expectations. Mm. You must meet those expectations, or they have other choices. They can go somewhere else. And mm. in discussion partner, I talked about new technology. I talk about uh, you know the. Uh, chance to be able to talk about uh, doing uh, all kinds of new technology. And an inflection point, it's, okay, where do we go? Where do I fit in? And where do I go? And so it's the answer to that question. You know, if holograms come, where do I fit in? If mm. digital is in my business and everybody's experiencing that, where does it fit in? We're all part of a seamless distribution ecosystem. And we quit, we quit worrying about just us. Where do I fit in and how do I help my customer in that seamless distribution ecosystem? That's cool. Um, uh, cu just curious, because as I'm hearing yeah. you talk, um, how does, for example, how does the, the motivation and the spark come to you to say, I think I want to write a book inflection point? On this, you know, I'm curious because a lot of people out there, I, I'm sure, are thinking, "Hey, someday I want to, I want to write a book. I want to bring some of my ideas and kind of put them, package them in a way that people can learn from it." How does that happen for you? So I'm I'm very blessed and fortunate to see what's behind the curtain in my industry. I I, I work with technology companies, all the ones you can think about, and I help them with insurance and financial services company, and I make money off of that. But the real money I make is getting to see what the future looks like. But when I'm live, people go, holograms, that's not going to happen. Well, hey, man, <laughs> they did it in Coachella, a rock concert out in California in the middle of the desert. They brought a guy up, Tupac, that's been dead, and he sang a song. If wow. you can do that, you can scale that at some point, just like this virtual. <clears throat> virtual, I've been around so long, we used to call this um, a, a telepresence. And the companies I dealt with spent a million dollars per studio so people from across the pond and in the States could talk. Every studio was a million bucks. Wow. Today, you can get this technology for free or $40 a month or $100 a month, whatever it's going to be. So you need to be open to new ideas. But the spark for me comes from understanding that I need to learn. I'm, I'm, I'm a real learner. <clears throat> and I've created a learning culture and, and you and I, we, we may have lunch together through Zoom and we're going to learn something together. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, my team, same thing. If I'm I'm in a church and I've got a, a group of pastors or a group of lay people, I'm going to bring them in to learn because we can never know enough. We've got to know 10x of what the people we're dealing with know so we can provide the care and feeding that they deserve, whether it's a for-profit business or a non-profit business, doesn't matter. So that spark also comes because I need time to make the spark happen. I have a ritual every day that when I get up and I have a ritual when I go to bed and I make sure that I learn something and that I grow as a, as a leader, I grow mm-hmm. as a business person, I grow as a friend to you. Uh, I, I focus now on my family more than I did. I thought I did great, but I needed to aim higher with my family too. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's just learning. Uh, and it doesn't always go smooth, but uh, I, that, that spark is there. I woke up this morning. I won't even tell you what time it was because you'd go, no way. I woke up that excited. <laughs> it was so early that uh, the roosters weren't crowing when I got up because I was that excited to get the day started. You love what you do, don't you? I do. Roy? I do. Every yeah. day. That's, that's huge. Uh, you, you've, you know, you've managed you're a man of faith. You know, you love, love the Lord. You're a man who's been growing. You're a man of uh, obviously of business and leadership. But one thing that I think is great is when people are able to not only understand how God wired them, but, but embrace it and love it. Can you speak to that? Cause I think that that impacts the, how successful your organization will be. That impacts how, how you're going to feel along the journey and the people around you, right? When, when you, when you truly love what you do and, and you are, you're excited to wake up. Yeah. So I've had rough patches like all leaders do. Uh, my roughest patch, uh, I was down, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm a motivator. I'm a leader. People look to me yeah. for guidance. And I, I was thinking. And I, ha- I want to tell you a story about an interesting young person said to me, this is my niece, and she says, uh, Uncle Troy, why are you down? I says, well, because I'm not living up to my potential. I've got some real problems and they're starting to affect my personal, my business life. And I just, man, I was starting to feel like God was looking at me different. Mm. She says, Uncle Troy, you know, you know who King David was. I said, of course. Right. She says, you know, King David was not a perfect guy, but he was one of God's very favorites. He, He believed in King David. And she went through and she told me the story that we all know what he did. And it wasn't a very godly thing, Mm -hmm. but God still loved him. He forgave him. And uh, through the grace of God, I, you know, I came out of that. Right. And uh, as I came out of it, I realized uh, there's an old saying, we're never as good as people say we are. And we're never as bad as people say we are. Hmm. And so I try to improve myself every day. <clears throat> my, my family and I, we have a Bible study every day. My son and I meet faithfully. My daughter gets to come in when she's available. Uh, but we, we, we want to grow, and we grow in every aspect of our life. And, but part of that is just that commitment to understanding that life is not going to go perfect. Yeah. Uh, but if you have the foundation, the rock, uh, that everything uh, comes out the way it should. Great, great advice. Great. I love this. I love this conversation. I think, 
I think this is where also leaders really appreciate it, Troy, when we, uh, in this case, you as, as an amazing guest here on the Avail podcast, just open your heart a little bit, um, kind of on the same tone, if you could sit, and you mentioned a little bit earlier, but if, if you could sit down and have a have an hour coffee with with the 21-year-old Troy, right, with, with the younger Troy, uh, knowing what you know now, what are some words of wisdom? And, and obviously, you're going to you, you you can say you're telling the young, young Troy, but you're really telling all of us, right? What are some words of wisdom regarding mindset, regarding business, regarding family? What, you know, what what would you what would you spend some time on? So, um, health, uh, mental health, physical health, uh, that foundation of putting God first and everything mm. we do. Obviously, that's just a non negotiable. Uh, but really, I, I would say working on yourself and not taking yourself too seriously. I, mm. I had a bad trait when I was really young. My mom tried to point it out to me, but I, I didn't get it until later. Wherever I was, I was always thinking of the next place. So I, we used to have a hearth where our fireplace was, and we had a very small house, but I would walk up and down on the hearth. And I'd be thinking, hey, I need to get over here with Johnny, and I need to get over here with Sally, and I need to, I need to get down to the church, and I need to get with blah blah blah. And I was just, I just was never there, you know. And it, and my mom goes, look, man, be in the moment. Yeah. And and so it really is, you know. And and when you read the Bible, and and it many times I can't quote. I'm not I'm not astute enough to quote the scripture itself. Mm-hmm. But be in the now, be here, yeah. be present, be still. And, and, and I tell you, that's part of my ritual in the morning and during the afternoon and in the evening is to just center myself and be in the now to make sure I'm here with you. As the philosopher says, wherever you are, be there. Hmm. You're in the shower, take a shower. If you're driving down the road, pay attention to what's happening while you're driving down the road. Don't be thinking about something else. And so you can relate that back to business and your personal life to just say life is more fulfilling when you're living it, not thinking about tomorrow or regretting the past. Sure. That's That's good. Easy stuff, man. It's easy to think I should have done these things, but I would just say be more intentional and be in the now. Yeah, that's good. It reminds me a little bit also of Psalm chapter 46, where it says, be still and know that I am God. Um, Thank you. Such such good advice. Such good advice. Yeah. Um, we're we're coming to the final stretch here, Troy. This has been such a good conversation. I know this is very helpful for all of our leaders who connect here with Avail. Before maybe uh, some final uh, uh, thoughts and and also how to connect with you, and and we'll talk a little bit about the Avail Journal, which we always do here on the Avail Podcast. Um, here's another question. Um, I think I think you would appreciate this, and you and I didn't talk about this topic or coordinate it, but but specifically. What do you think that ministry leaders could learn from business leaders? And maybe, and maybe the opposite question, right? What, what do you think business leaders could learn from ministry leaders? Interesting, interesting thought just came to my mind. I think that you're a perfect candidate to answer because you're a business person, but you're, you love ministry and you have a heart for the Lord. I do. I do. So look, if, if I'm in ministry, um, you, it sounds kind of rude to call them customers because they're not your customers, your parishioners, however you want to say it. But yeah, the, the people we're serving, the people the we're people you serve, the care and feeding for them is so important. Mm-hmm. So I, I admire a church that is very well run because it doesn't look like it. You, you don't see 
everything happening behind the curtain, but I know, right? Mm. There's Whether you have two church leaders or you have a staff or team of 20, there are mm. certain things that need to get done in both instances. Mm-hmm. We, we have people coming to the service, and so we got to be ready. Uh, we've got to prepare. You know, I'm not going to go through everything that needs to be done. But we all know, right? And then mm-hmm. you've got youth. That's one group. You've got people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Every one of those uh, demographics needs a certain. They have a certain need, not just for worship, but throughout the week. Maybe they need food, or maybe they need clothing, or maybe they need some help uh, just in their personal lives, and they need somebody to listen to them. But there are all these things, and, and business leaders can look at the church and go, the really well-run churches are like a very large firm in insurance and financial services. We've got to open our doors. There's got to be somebody there to do it. The bigger the church, the more doors there are to open. And so you look at this, and we call them systems and processes in our business world, in our business life. <clears throat> a system is a repeatable process. Mm-hmm. So you've got all these processes and systems that need to be what we call turnkey. They need to happen whether I'm in or not. If I get sick and I'm the church leader, hey, man, you you still got to turn the lights on. You still got to get the heat on for winter, the air conditioner on in summer. You got to if we're going to be if we're going to be serving, you know, um, you know, our uh, sacraments, we got to make sure that they're ready and that we've got enough. You get the idea. Yep. So in business, we look at this and we just go, okay, well, somebody's got to open the door. Somebody's got to put the money in the tills. Somebody's got to go to the bank. Somebody's got to help people with auto, with home, with life, with business insurance, with financial services. There's a lot of stuff to do, just like the church. Yeah. And it's got to be turnkey. It's got to happen whether we're there as the ultimate leader or not. A great leader looks like they're not even there. You know, my mom used to tell me this. The best managers I ever had when I was working, I thought they were lazy, but they weren't. They just made sure that everything was going and they were out shaking hands. And I got it later when I was in business. I didn't get it when I was a kid, but I understood what she was saying. The the leader who looks relaxed and is peaceful is the person that has all the systems and processes in play. So let me put them both together, Virgil, and then I'll shut up. <laughs> it's good. It's changing. The model's changing. So you don't need to throw out the good. Okay. That got us here, as my good friend says. It's <laughs> what are we going to do in the future? And so we just need to constantly be refining and a continuous process of improvement in whatever we do, whether mm-hmm. it's, it's the church, a nonprofit, or you're a leader that owns a business and you're responsible for two people. Or 20,000. I, I help leaders that have 50, 70,000 people under them. It's just a bigger checkbook, but the responsibilities are the same. We need to do certain things, just a bigger checkbook. Yeah, that's really good. Um, 
you know, what I'm hearing at the, at the core there is, and, and I've always thought this and I talk about it with pastors as well. Uh, usually it's not an, like for churches that maybe are stuck that aren't f- flourishing or growing. It's usually not so much an issue of spiritual leadership. A lot of time it's just an issue of organizational leadership. And, and you're absolutely right. I think the, the aspect of systems and processes, just because it's spiritual in nature, what we do as a church doesn't mean that we don't need order. We need systems and processes. Yeah. Uh, we need to understand, we need good leadership, right? Uh, so really, really good advice. This has been great conversation. Okay. So Troy, as we're finishing up here, um, any any plans or projects that are upcoming that you're excited about? So I'm I'm just excited that when I retooled last year, because I really was at the abyss. I was looking over going, hey, man, am I done? Am I cooked? That the future is so bright. Uh, it just it really is for all of us. And it may not seem like it because of everything going on in the world. There's right. a lot of turmoil. But when you really focus on the opportunity, which is the people. We can all know more people. We can all deepen our relationships with them. Yeah. We all have something to offer people. And so I'm just excited about the fact that I was able to turn the corner, retool my business model, and I'm bigger and stronger than I've ever been. And and I think that's the opportunity for everybody. It's just figuring out where you fit in and then having the right plan because this don't work anymore. You got to have a plan. So I would say, you know, just, you know, if you want me to give my final thoughts now or later, I can do that. You just tell well, me. Let's, let's hold off on those final thoughts because I want to I want to just I want to talk about two things. One is, do you do social media? Can people find you somewhere? Yeah, I, I'm on all of it, but I would go on to LinkedIn because I think as a business leader, that's the best uh-huh. place to go. I'm on Facebook. I'm on I'm on Instagram. I've got a huge following on LinkedIn. <laughs> And, and there's a lot of, we post two or three, sometimes four times a week, mm-hmm. good content, not just fun. good. And so that'd be the best place to, to find me is Troy Corsgotten on LinkedIn. Excellent. And and remember, everybody, you can also check out Troy's website, which is coresgaden.com. That's right. K-O-R-S-G-A-D-E-N. Uh, last thing I want to mention is the Avail Journal. I think you have one handy there. The Avail Journal is a leadership journal uh, for leaders. Ministry Marketplace, it just has, speaking of great content, the Avail Journal is something that we want to get in a lot of leaders' hands that still don't have it. Any any words or yeah, any thoughts on it? So you didn't ask me for a plug, but I, I got the first copy. I, w- I, was, I was there because uh, the friends of mine. But I, but I do want to tell you this. I'm so proud of this publication, and here's why I'm proud of it. I've got a lot of friends in Christ uh, that uh, are true friends. I, I mean, I've mm-hmm. just, I would do anything for them. But this enables me, I always get a couple extra copies, and I also mail it to some of my secular friends, not trying to recruit them into the church world. Mm-hmm. They read this and they go, man, this is all applies to my business life. So good. And, and the feedback I get is, is off the charts. It, it just really is. So it's a great ministry, not just to the folks that are listening, but give it out to your friends because you'd be surprised how many are hungering for this solid information. 
That's good. Thank you, Troy, for that. Hey, if you haven't done so, everybody, you can go to availjournal.com. That's avail, A-V-A-I-L, journal.com, and you can get a free annual subscription. That's something we're doing. We want, we want to gift you the first year of the Avail Journal. It comes out quarterly. Uh, these are really awesome. As Troy said, great content from from, from a multiculturally diverse uh, um, pool of leaders and pastors, business leaders. You're not going to regret it availjournal.com get your free annual subscription all right troy here it is it's time for your final nugget we've already received so much wisdom uh, from this conversation and everything you've been sharing what's one last thing you want to leave on everybody's hearts so i'm going to shorten up a 10 minute close to my stump speech i call it if you had me come out there to florida and talk to a group here's how i would end but i'm going to shorten it up okay we all need to plan hard uh, we need to give it our all and what I mean by that is not just get float in and kind of maybe plan. Don't cross your fingers. You got you got to really think it out. Plan hard. Yes. See that you're all. Yes. The next thing I would say is you got to practice hard. Ad libs are for amateurs, as my good friends used to tell me back when I first got into the business. Jack and Gary Kinders, who, who were both also Christians, great mentors and influencers in my life. Uh, but but they, they said ad libs are for amateurs, so practice hard and give it your all, just like you were in a championship game. And then when you get into the game, the season may last two or three months, or in my case, 30, 40, 50 years. Give it your all from the first game you're in to the middle of the season to your final game. Play them all like you're in the championship game. Give it your all. I love that. I thought you were going to say play hard because that would have worked out. Plan hard, practice hard, play hard. That'd be good, right? Play Give hard. You're off. You know what? We right now. I'm pumped right now. I'm, I'm, I play basketball, Troy. So I, I want to get a basketball right now. I want to. I want to run through something and you know throw the ball up. Um, I'm encouraged by this because this is a good word. Uh, plan hard, everybody. Practice hard. Give it your all. And play hard. No matter what area. And play like, hard. Play hard. Like play hard. championship game. You hit it, all three of them. Just play hard. But so always good. play like you're in a championship game. You can't lose. Love it. Love it. Troy, we're, we're so thankful for your life. Uh, honestly, my life is better just being able to connect with you here and, and a little bit before we recorded this just to get to know each other. I, I love what God is, has done in your life, what he's doing. Can't wait to see what's to come. Um, we're really proud of you. And on behalf of the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilborg, everybody who's part of this Avail family, uh, we honor you, brother. We're thankful for your leadership and for everything you do. Blessings, Virgil. Thank you for having me on. I'm honored. <laughs> Yes, sir. Hey, everybody, thank you for connecting once again here on the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. As you can see, this is diverse leadership from all different areas and sectors of the of the marketplace, ministry, uh, the world. Uh, what an awesome opportunity to connect here with Troy. If you've been encouraged, uh, help us by sharing this Avail podcast with a friend that you know, whether it's a it's the audio podcast or the YouTube link. We want to get this in more people's hearts and more people's hands. I am Virgil Sierra, your Avail Media host, and can't wait to see you next time here on the Avail podcast. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast. We hope you've been equipped by this conversation with Troy Korsgaden. Remember, you can connect with Troy by going to korsgaden.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. 
As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.